We have a wonderful opportunity as uh, Lyle and uh, Pastor Ralph come on up. We have a wonderful opportunity. Uh, sometimes we take it for granted, lives that are lived in the gospel and in ministry, and we wait, we wait crazy things to talk about people or to learn from life lessons. And Pastor Ralph has a unique opportunity that he has served God abroad. He served God in this church before he even went abroad. And he got to come back and serve this church and doing God's work here. And so then retired and then served God by going abroad and driving around telling about wonderful ministries in glorifying the Lord in uh, some different things. And so he has just continued to serve the Lord. And we're not saying that Pastor Ralph is perfect. What we're saying is, is that he has a wonderful testimony of God's provision. So we're going to learn about that this morning as Lyle picks Pastor Ralph's brain. And that's a dangerous thing to give Lyle a microphone. So I trust that it will be profitable and encouraging for us. I'd like to pray and ask God to bless this time. Again, this is just a wonderful opportunity, as Paul said, for us to see God in the life and work as God worked through Pastor Ralph, and we can learn from it. Lord, we are not and we struggle in many different ways, but Lord, I am thankful for men like Pastor Ralph that didn't focus on their imperfections, but they focused on you and your glory. And because of men like that, and they showed me that you were real. They showed me that you are acting, that you don't just exist somewhere that we never get to see you work. And so, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to learn about uh, some of the things that we've been talking about in the mission of the church, missionaries, about worshiping you, acknowledging you, trusting you. And as we get to see that in, in the life, as we answer, ask questions and we hear uh, what you have done in Pastor Ralph's life. So, Lord, I pray that you would use it to teach us and to draw our attention back to your word, and that we can trust you because of what you have done in men's lives like Pastor Ralph, and pray that we can learn from them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, Pastor Ralph, before we start this time, I'd like to say that you don't look a day over 60. <clears throat> you don't act a day over 60 either. I'll send you the Oculus tomorrow. <laughs> Well, uh, before we start this time, uh, and before I ask you all these questions, Pastor Ralph, I just wanted to read from 1 Peter 2, and it talks about honoring authority and then Christ as our example. And as I get to ask questions, I hope as we get to glean a little bit from Pastor Ralph's life, we realize, as Pastor Kyle said, Pastor Ralph's not perfect. He's almost there, maybe. No, he's not there. But we get to see his life of honoring the Lord through many different things, whether it was Brazil, shepherds, being a pastor, 
and how the Lord used him in those ways. And so in 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 13, it says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his footsteps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. So as we start this time, Pastor Ralph, this kind of reminds me of many times I'd visit your house and we'd sit down in your living room. These chairs aren't as comfy as your couch. I'll, I'll let you know that right now. Um, and I will warn you, Pastor, uh, Pastor Kyle gave us 20 minutes, and usually conversations in Pastor Rouse's living room went for an hour, so I'm sorry ahead of things. Um, but before we start, Pastor Ralph, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Uh, I kind of, I know you a lot because of our conversations, and we get to sit down and talk, but would love a brief little testimony of how you came to know the Lord and how the Lord started working in your life to the point of where you then went to Brazil and then became a pastor and shepherds. Could you tell us a little bit of how the Lord worked in your life? In, in, a, very, in a very brief manner. Is this thing on? Yes. Okay, yep. good. Yes, um, in a Southern Baptist church in Phoenix, Arizona, a simple church with a sand floor and, and crude benches and a tin roof. Um, the invitation was given by Pastor Kendall, and um, everything was kind of quiet. And then my granddad shuffled down to the front of the, the auditorium where I was seated on the third row, and he looked at me, and he literally drew me to Jesus because he wanted me to be saved. And so his life was a godly man, and so I went forward and received Christ as my Savior. And, of course, then the years went on by, and we finally were in, in college in Biola. And uh, missions was uh, laid heavily upon my heart through that school. And uh, I dedicated my life to go to the mission field wherever the Lord would want me to go. 
And in the providence of God, I met Margie from this church, and that's how we finally got to Brazil. Hmm. So what do you think was, uh, what was the Lord doing in your life that got you to the process of saying, I want to go to Brazil, or even, you know, the Lord leading you to be a pastor of this church, and then on to shepherds? What was the Lord doing in your life in those times? Well, I think, of course, the Word of God is what really motivates us, and through the teaching of the Word of God and my studying it and personal devotions, of course, I had the conviction that God wanted me to serve Him no matter where it was, and we just left it with Him, and in the providence of God, He opened the, uh, the wonderful door for shepherds for us, uh, excuse me, that was later on, for the, uh, for, to go to Brazil, and it happened right here in Ferndale because there was a, a pastoral, uh, there was a, a pastor's house right back here in the parking lot. And John Slinner, a missionary uh, in Brazil, was looking for missionaries to uh, come down and help him. And through that contact, uh, God led Margin me to apply to ABWE, and we went to Brazil for 25 years. Now, what was the process of the Lord bringing you to be a pastor? after you served in Brazil? We, Margie's health was failing, and so I made a decision to leave Brazil, and that was after 25 years, and we were in Northeast Brazil, where the seminary was, of which I was the president, and we, we left there and came home, and then in the providence of God, uh, this church uh, brought me on staff, and eventually I became its pastor. And then you served some time with shepherds as well, right? Yes, because uh, I resigned once after 10 years here. I thought I didn't know anything about being a pastor in the States, only in Brazil. So I thought after 10 years I should resign. So I did. <laughs> and the folks kind of made a fuss. So I stayed another, ten, another eight years. And then I resigned. And uh, as soon as I resigned, Dr., uh, Dr. Wood, who founded Shepherds in Union Grove, Wisconsin, he called the president of Shepherds and said, Ralph just resigned First Baptist Church, Ferndale. Maybe you would like to have him represent you on the West Coast. And so uh, they called me to Seattle and we met in, uh, there and, uh, and I interviewed and they accepted me. And uh, so we, we bought a fifth wheel trailer and we uh, traveled for uh, 11 years and we moved every seven days to a different location for 11 years. So you would say that uh, you and Margie were never retired? No, in fact, uh, I was still paying Social Security, and when I finally retired, when I finally retired, I was 80 years old then, so. <laughs> wow. So when you served in Brazil and served as a pastor, what was different? Uh, getting to my flock because uh, we didn't drive the car because the roads are kind of bad, and so we let the uh, fancy buses take us to our destination. So we would board the, the bus, and of course, uh, I was taught to be polite to the ladies who were traveling, and so I always stood up so the ladies could sit down and have a place to, to get to their destination. It took four hours to get to our destination, and, and I stood up the entire time because there were a lot of ladies who were traveling, and that was okay by me. The roads are horribly dusty, and so the time you got to your destination, 
you were completely covered with red dust. And so that's, that's the way we did it. So the only thing different to you was get in there. That's right. Just get in there. So you would say that the mission didn't change of serving as a pastor or being a missionary to Brazil. No, not at all, because uh, we're told to shepherd the flock, and so God allowed me as director of the seminary to still have a church, and all of our seminary students had churches too, so I was just going along with them, and it was uh, wonderful to be able to serve the Lord that way and minister to people who had a need because they had no pastors in, in practically the entire state of uh, Rio Grande do Norte in northeast Brazil, so we just... Uh, our seminary students went to the churches on the weekend, and I went to a church, and that's the way we did it. So why do you think that the word missionary is usually held to someone overseas, and not as we have a mission and we're called to be missionaries to someone in our community? Well, because when you hear the word missionary, you always think of going to a foreign field. And so uh, uh, our Brazilians, they read the same Bible that we do, only it's in the Portuguese language, and it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it, goes, it talks about in Matthew 28, go and disciple and baptize and instruct them in the word of God. And so the Brazilian reads that, and so he reads that, and he goes to, uh, he goes to, to some place in Africa to be a missionary. And I read it in Ferndale, and I went to Brazil. So no matter where you read, the command of Jesus, he's always telling you to go and make disciples. So no matter where you are geographically, that's, you, you either stay there or go somewhere else. For instance, is, uh, is, Ferndale, is Ferndale part of the world? Yeah. So when you go into all the world and preach the gospel, could I go to Ferndale and preach the gospel? Yes. So it, everywhere you go, no matter where it is, on a map, Everywhere is the world where we're supposed to go and preach the gospel. So it, uh, missionary just means going to tell someone else about Jesus. So in Ferndale, even though I'm 90, I better still keep telling people about Jesus, and people who know me know that I do. So we're, we're talking a lot about you know the mission or what our charge is to share the gospel, go make disciples. What was something that stuck out to you? It could be failures or things that were successful. What did you see that worked when doing the mission or the charge or what didn't work? Wow. Well, it's, that's kind of, that's probably a hard one to say because uh, we all... I suppose you're, you're asking me, in other words, did we have problems? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, of course, problems, problems on the field now are a different nature than they were when we were on the field. Because, see, when we were in the Amazon jungles, uh, to communicate, we didn't have cell phones. We, didn't ha we, di we weren't allowed to have uh, radios. We weren't allowed to have any, way, any kind of communication. So everything was by written form so if we needed something we had to write a letter and then I had to travel it was it was about a nine or ten hour trip round trip by speedboat to mail the letter and then we had to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to get an answer 
And so it was very hard. Nowadays, it's marvelous with cell phone. Uh, I, I, uh, I haven't done it for the last many weeks. Uh, pardon me, Tammy, for not helping you with the prayer sheet. But when I did the prayer sheet, if I wanted an answer, I could just, I would just uh, message uh, Fivos, Montagiazos, and say, hey, what, what's the request in your place there in Alto Peru? And he would uh, send back within 30 seconds an answer. Well, boy, you, when, when we lived in Brazil, that was, was just unknown. So I don't think I've answered your question, but anyway, we had, we had, <laughs> we had, prob we had problems, but the thing of it is, with the Lord, it's so marvelous to be able to know that, uh, that people are praying for you. That's why uh, in prayer, a lot of times I will say to the Lord, there's probably some missionary right now that needs our help in prayer, so please help the missionaries whatever they're going through in this particular hour because maybe they have a specific need right now even as i'm praying and often that was the case like when i held my son in my arms he was turning blue because he drank he drank gasoline that i was using to make backgrounds for margie's bible flannel graph lessons and he i had it way in the back of the table against the wall i, I thought that a kid would never get up and find it but of course of all the things on top of a table, that's what he'd have to find, and he drank this gasoline. And he was dying, and we were six hours away from the hospital by any means, by a slow speedboat. And I'll tell you, when those moments come, and you're holding your child who is dying, uh, you're glad that somewhere around the world, someone is praying for missionaries. You talked about the hardships of missions. What do you think is something important about missions, whether it's overseas or here? You can start with overseas. Why is missions important? Well, because missions is important because by being there, and if you're going to be faithful to the Lord, you're going to be doing what he asks you to do, and that is to make disciples. And so you're there to preach the gospel, and to be a help to the people to whom you're ministering and uh, uh, build churches and uh, keep on discipling people and instructing them in the Word of God. That's why we had a seminary. It was marvelous to train these young men to go out and take these churches. They were, they were too young to be pastors, but who else is going to go? They were 18 and 19 years old, and they went out every weekend and pastor churches, and it was really marvelous to come back on, on Tuesday and hear them give the testimonies of what God had done through them as they preached the gospel in all of these churches. So the main thing is just keep preaching the gospel. It, it, it never, the command never has an end point to it, so you just keep on preaching the gospel, and that's our job, and that's what we did, thank the Lord, for 25 years. So... If you were to look back at all of the different ministry, whether it was in Brazil or being a pastor, um, could you tell us, start with Brazil, then go to being a pastor, then at Shepherds, what was something God was teaching you and helping you grow in in each of those moments? Because obviously when you're in ministry, there's lessons, because you don't know it all <laughs> when you're my age, and then obviously... You've got a lot more experience than me, and you don't know everything as well. But the Lord obviously taught you a lot through those different things. 
What were different things that God taught you as you served him? Well, I think um, being transferred and coming back to America, it was, uh, of course, it was a particular blessing for me to be able to minister in this church uh, where I was a member and where Margie and I were married on this platform about, what, 67 years ago. And this church sent us to Brazil, and then we came back. And, the, and then I was able to be a pastor to you people. Of course, aren't many left, just Charlotte and I. But uh, anyway, <laughs> and, but we were able to, uh, to be a, a, a pastor to the, the people of this congregation. And what a joy that is to minister the, the word of God and just be a shepherd to this wonderful congregation. I probably didn't answer your question. No, but it's good. Uh, let's reword it a little bit differently. That's uh, the way you get the answer, yeah. Yeah. You're make, see, I thought I was going to be challenging you with my questions, but you're making me think of how to ask the question. Good, good. Uh, what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned from ministry in general? So as serving the Lord, what has stuck out to you as you serve the Lord? Well, have you ever heard, have you ever heard the, um, the, the phrase, uh, he or she is a people person? Well, that's what I always wanted to be, as a people person. And so ministering in this church, I wanted, to, I wanted to be your friend. I wanted to be your pastor. I wanted to, to help you spiritually. I wanted to help you in your family, your personal life. And when we moved on to Shepherds, what a, a wonderful opportunity that was because uh, uh, Margie, my wife, would, would man the literature table. And you can't imagine how many people, parents, would come to her who had mentally disabled children and they would unload their heart to Margie and she'd be able to minister to them. And, of course, I did too, only on a different level with different people that, that would come to her or to me. So it, what a joy it was to minister to people. And of course, for 11 years, I got to keep on preaching the Word of God. And uh, it was wonderful. And uh, I remember one day I preached on uh, Mary anointing the feet of Jesus. And, and remember, uh, they got after the, the disciples didn't like it because she spent the money. And so Jesus says, leave her alone. She has done what she could. And I emphasized that to the congregation and said, Ladies and gentlemen, are you doing what you can for Jesus now? And I, I was so blessed after the service. A man came up to me, touched profoundly, and he says, God used what you said to touch my life, and I want to be sure that what I'm doing, I'm doing for Jesus, and I'm doing it right now. I'm going to give you the open mic and do the same thing, but what would you give thinking of all the questions that we've had here, what would you challenge our congregation with? With what we've been talking with, what we've been going over, what Pastor Kyle's been preaching? What would be a challenge looking back at your life that you would say, this is something that we need to strive for or need to be looking at? Okay, thanks, Lyle. Yeah, I, and I do have an answer. Uh, in your bulletin today, you have a prayer sheet. Now that prayer sheet is a, as, is a very important thing. Um, it's amazing. Jesus said, the, uh, <clears throat> the laborers are few 
And so he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into the harvest field. So our ministry as a local church is to pray always that God would send missionaries to the mission field, wherever that may be. Could be Ferndale, like I said a while ago. And so prayer is a marvelous and important ministry that you as believers have, that we as believers have. So pray for your missionaries. Um, the, 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 the prayer sheet uh, it, it probably is not looked at by a lot of people. Face it, folks, if you're honest with yourself. Um, use it every day. Use it every day to pray for the things on that mission because that's, it is compiled so that we will remember to pray for the overall ministry, not only locally, but around the world. So I would say prayer is the most important thing. My dear mother, who has been with Jesus for many years now, she used to write me when we were in Brazil, and she says, Ralph, I get little done but praying. Boy, isn't that a beautiful thing? I get little done but praying. In other words, mother, my mother prayed almost all the time, all the time. And, of course, missionaries were included in that. Prayer is so important. We need to pray. We have prayer meetings here. They're not well attended, and I'm not doing that to, uh, to uh, get after anyone, but we just have a few people. But come and pray, or pray at home on your own, but pray for the ministry of First Baptist Church and the ministry that we represent around the world as we support missions. Why do you think prayer is so important? Why and how have you seen it be so effective in your life when someone prays for you? Well, I've seen it because, I'll tell you, well, you know, we, our daughter Joy uh, was horribly disabled and she went through some really trying times and, uh, and then also our son uh, remember I told you about our son drinking the gasoline well, let me tell you what happened in Phoenix Arizona in Phoenix Arizona a lady who had a high important job hired me uh, when we still had our daughter Joy uh, she hired me to do a, a really important thing about annexation for the city of Phoenix and she was in charge of it and that helped me pay for our daughter Joy's medical bills, of which we had multiplied thousands of dollars. And, uh, and then, of course, our situation with our son, Raleigh, when he drank the gasoline. So one day she said, Ralph, when did this happen? And so I came back to her. I looked at my diary. My, I, keep a, I keep a journal, you know. Uh, we were married for 63 years, and I wrote a di We had 63 journals up until the time Margie died, and now we have 67 because is that how long ago she died? Anyway, I, got, I, have, I have one I write in every day. Everything that happens to me in a day, I write it. So I went and I looked up, and I found out the day it was, and so she did some calculation, and she said, Ralph, she said, here's what happened. That's interesting because she remembered the day, and she said, when you were holding your son in your arms and he was turning blue and dying and the trip to the hospital would have taken six hours, he'd have died, of course. She said, I, I was awakened at four o'clock in the morning and I slipped to my knees and I prayed for you and Margie, not knowing what was going on. And she said, that, 
that was the, that was the thing. And I, and I mentioned, of course, your son and daughter. And so it was an answer to She had prayed especially for Raleigh and didn't even know why. That's how important prayer is. What have you seen as God being, <clears throat> sorry, let me word that better. What has been the biggest provision that God has given you in your life? Um, you've talked about all these hard things that are going on, but you still have this immense joy. What has God provided you that you are seeing you know, him working and wanting to share this to people? Well, I guess it's just the joy of, um, of course, at my age, just the joy of being alive is kind of nice. And uh, 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 to see how the Lord leads and uh, gives joy as you read his word and as we fellowship in this congregation, this fellowship with you dear people, it's a, it's a wonderful and marvelous thing. And so I, I think that's the most important thing is that just the, uh, the joy the Lord gives us uh, living for him and the joy that I'm enabled to keep on sharing this wonderful message of Jesus with people every day. I've made it, I've made it a habit of life that everyone that comes to my door hears about Jesus, no matter who they are. That's Amazon.com, the, post, the, post, the postal uh, gal that brings the mail, the uh, FedEx, the, um, what's the other one? Uh, there's another one, uh, UPS. And um, it's just a, a joy to be able to share that. And I've learned to do it on the telephone, too, because if people need something from me, then they'll have to hear about Jesus. Because the, uh, and, and most of them thank me for it. So it's just part of life, and thank the Lord I can do it. Were you always like that? Probably not as much as, as in the last uh, many, many years. But, uh, of course, I was in Brazil and, uh, you know, preached, and it was wonderful and, uh, and uh, led souls to Christ. And I think, it's, I think it's getting more intense as I increase in age. And why is that? I think to, to realize how good God has been to me, and I want to share that with other people and a burden for them because the world is so out of tune with the Lord and spiritual things that it's just a joy to, to snap them to attention and ask them, are, are you going to go to heaven? Well, they don't know what to answer. I said, well, I can tell you how to get to heaven, and then they listen, and it's wonderful to to hear how people are open to hear the, the wonderful message of Jesus. So what most people don't know was this was actually scheduled <laughs> probably about a month ago. Um, two months ago. Yeah, wow, yeah. Uh, we're, we're out of tune there. Um, this was scheduled two months ago for our missions conference. And one of the things that we've been going over in the missions conference and Pastor Kyle's been preaching about is the acknowledging Christ, obeying Christ, and modeling Christ. And we've been focusing on that of whether it's in missions or in our church, in fellowship together. How have you seen those things play an important part in your life as you're serving, as you're walking in Him in Brazil? Are these important or are there things that, you know, they're good to know? What do you, 
What do you think? No, they're very, very important, and I think a person has to keep uh, uh, close accounts with himself or herself and to realize that we are here on a mission. God has called us for a reason. We're here. We're here to serve him, and uh, are we doing it? And if we're not, you know, check yourself and, and uh, punish yourself and say, get out there and do it. Uh, and that's so important to take these things that uh, Pastor Kyle has been preaching on and make them very personal and respond personally, and then you will see a difference in your own life, and then it will make you extend your, your, your testimony to others, and they will, in turn, hear wonderful things and, of course, the gospel, and uh, so it's, it's better all the way around. So I'm going to get a little personal with you. Do it. And uh, we got acknowledging Christ, obeying Christ, and modeling Christ. Can you take one of those and show an example in your life how you've used that of how you're following Christ? Give the three again. Acknowledging Christ, obeying Christ, and modeling Christ. Well, I guess you can put, them, you can put all three of them in, in, a, in the same package because all three of them should go together. And so if I'm doing those three, then it should make me a different person and I would I would never brag about it, but, but but humbly before the Lord, ask Him to make those three things a vital part of my life, so that I will always be a testimony for Jesus, no matter where I go. Hmm. Is there? A, I kind of ran out of questions on my sheet, so I've been just asking <laughs> because it's been so cool to just talk and pick your brain. But is there anything that you would like to say that? through the conversation you've been thinking about of how we've talked about prayer, how the Lord's provided. But is there something else that you've seen the Lord do in your life that you would like to tell the congregation or somebody listening online? Well, I think through the daily study and reading of God's Word, I think that is an important thing. I hope all of you have a, a Bible reading plan we, we have them here at the church every, uh, every end of the year, and uh, uh, Tammy makes them available to you, and Pastor, and uh, I use one. I read uh, two chapters of the Old Testament uh, uh, every day, plus a psalm, uh, plus one chapter of the, uh, the New Testament. I've done that for years, and then I use, I use the, uh, the prayer sheet as part of my prayer sheet, and I make a prayer sheet. I hope that you will learn to make a prayer sheet and put people's names on there with specific things that you need to pray about because there are many of them in a church congregation like this. And if you don't have a list or don't know how to make a list and don't have anything to put on the list, may mean that you're not communing with people sufficiently to know what they're, feel, what they're feeling and what they need to know. And so... Uh, you know, uh, mingle with the people. I haven't done it as much either because Mr. COVID came around the corner. But uh, anyway, I, I'm, I think I'm a walking miracle. and That's not a bragging point. I just, I didn't think I was going to make it, and here I am, so praise the Lord. Now, one of the cool things as we come to a close uh, interviewing Pastor Ralph is one of the points of we're not doing this as... Uh, <laughs> Pastor Ralph's doing all this, so you should do that too, or 
we're doing this, you should do it. But it's a cool time of, I've talked to my youth group kids about this, whenever we had somebody share a testimony or talk about things in their life, it's not a time to put them on a pedestal. We're not putting Pastor Ralph on a pedestal. We're getting the opportunity to see how the Lord's working in Pastor Ralph's life. And it can encourage us in our walk of seeing, again, we're going to say it, Pastor Ralph's not perfect, but the Lord's been using him so much in my life, in the lives of people in Brazil, in the congregation, when he was a pastor, in shepherds. And you see that it's not about for his glory, but he was doing it for God's glory. And so that motivates us as we're living life as we're doing things, are we actually thinking of the prayer sheet, of our time in God's Word? And it's a good reminder and a challenge for us as we're walking with each other, but ultimately the Lord's the one at the center. So I'm going to close this in prayer, and we'll end our service. Jesus, Lord, I just want to thank you for this time. Thank you for something different. Thank you for the time where we just get to talk with Pastor Ralph and have family time. Of being real about an example of walking with you. Not perfectly. (laughs) Bumps and bruises down the way, Lord, but ultimately, you are faithful. You are the same that you were yesterday, same that you are today, and same that you are in the future. Lord, thank you for Pastor Ralph's life and uh, the ministry that he was involved in and still involved in. Lord, pray that you'll continue to bless him, use him. Lord, I pray that you also challenge our congregation. You know the hearts and minds of people right here sitting right in front of us. I pray that You challenge them to think of, is their life fully focused on you? Fully wanting to honor you in everything? Do they know who you are? Or do they have a knowledge of you? But not an actual relationship. Lord, I pray for anybody struggling with that or struggling with walking with you that you reveal yourself to them. Lord, ultimately too that we can continue to walk and show your light to our community around us. Maybe it's missions. Maybe it's in our workplace. Maybe it's especially in our family. Lord, I pray that you would be the one honored and that we can honor you through all things, Lord. Thank you again for this time. Pray for the people that aren't here that you will bless them and just protect them, Lord, and Lord, thank you for who you are and what you're doing. In your name, amen. Amen. Yeah, I think there is a lot of stories that I heard through the years with Pastor Ralph, and you, most of you know of some of them. Um, Pastor Ralph just had a surgery in his throat recently. He took a lot of, a lot of years, he took care of his wife, Margie, and he says, I never thought about my body or anything like that, taking care of myself. And then he lost his voice for like a year or so, and he was concerned. The only thing was he was concerned was, I want to preach God's word. 
And I remember he used to come with a little speaker, and he would talk to people like an amplifier. And God gave him that blessing. He can speak, he can talk now, he can preach, um, he can eat. Um, and recently he was fighting uh, the virus that's been going around, and, and uh, his heart was giving some trouble and stuff like that. And of course, here is in the ambulance sharing the gospel with the <laughs> people who was taken into the hospital. So it's a great encouragement for us. And I'm sorry, you're not 95. You turn 90, right? <laughs> so but it's my inspiration on life. And yes, he's not perfect. We Nobody's perfect. I think we need to see Jesus first. But um, it's a reminder with this song. I'm going to encourage you to stand up. But uh, the, the chorus of this song says, I come broken to be mended. I come wounded to be healed. I come desperate to be rescued. I come empty to be filled. I come guilty to be pardoned by the blood of Christ the Lamb. And I'm welcomed with open arms. Praise God, just as I am. And when I think about that, we were born in this earth. We were born sinful. You can read the Bible. I hope you are. But we needed a Savior, born to sin. So as sin came into the earth through Adam, salvation came through Jesus Christ. And when we receive Christ in our hearts, we become a new creature, a new creation. And we put that, put that seal of the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells in us and help us to live a life that honors him, and, you know, a life of righteousness. So when we come broken sinfully, by the grace of God, we have access to God the Father. And it's beautiful because that's what this song is saying. That's what Pastor Ralph is saying. He got saved and then he said, Lord, here I am, use me. So that our prayer today is that you be encouraged that you be used, and you ask, God, help me, because I'm broken. I, there are so many distractions in this world, but here I am. Take me, because I want to be used for your glory. So let's 